Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Millicent Rovello, and I am here today with my amazing, amazing, amazing co-host, Dr. Jay Calvert. How are you? I am doing very well, and I am very excited for today's topic because it's one that is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Today we are talking about mommy makeovers. This is part of our 101 series, so it's a kind of brief overview of what goes into a mommy makeover. But I am very excited to talk about it because I've kind of been on a mommy makeover tear for the past month, and so it's fresh on my mind. So is this a mommy makeover? Or is this a makeover done by a mommy? Yes and yes. All of the above. <laughs> which is different than a daddy do-over. That's right. Which would be what you would do. <laughs> well, and I've had to do some of those. I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, the mommy makeover is key. I, I, I actually do mommy makeovers myself. We both do. Of course. Because it's part got, of plastic surgery. Yeah, it's the deal. Yeah. I mean, come on. So what's for the 101 series that we are doing, Mommy Makeover 101, definition of a mommy makeover from your standpoint um mommy makeover is typically done for a mommy so someone that's ideally completed their childbearing they've had their one two three four five kids they're not planning on having any more settle down with that five (laughs) you know i had one who had six a few weeks ago (laughs) so sometimes there's numerous kids um but they've had x amount of children and they're done with childbearing and now they are coming to reconstruct and rejuvenate all the damage that is done by those little adorable sucking piranhas that we call our children So kids, so kids, this is your fault. Yes, <laughs> and it, there's no set list of procedures that constitute a mommy makeover, but typically it involves doing something for the breasts. So that can be as simple as a breast lift. It can be a breast lift with implants. It can be implants alone. It can be breast lift with fat grafting. Something to rejuvenate the breasts that have taken a beating with pregnancy and childbirth. And then typically something to rejuvenate the abdomen, which obviously also takes a beating with pregnancy and childbirth. And then there are some other things that can be thrown in, you know, if it bothers them, liposuction of the legs, a labiaplasty. Other things can be thrown into the mix, but typically it has think it has a combination of procedures for the breast and the abdomen. Yeah, that's that's how I think of it. It's, you know, we're going to take care of the things that are typically, you know, need need a little uh, a little perking up after little, the babies. A little TLC for yes. all of the hard work that they did. For sure. And abdomen and breasts are the the focus of a mommy makeover. Um, yeah, the labiaplasty does does kind of play in a lot of times because right. you're there and you're uh, already there you're looking right at it the labia itself don't necessarily change much with pregnancy and childbirth but they can and sometimes when things get torn or sutured back together they're not always done in the right way or maybe it's just one of those things where it's like oh, i'm already here doing all this work right. why don't you fix this well with the 97 percent uh, c-section rate in newport beach that's that's a joke it's huh? not it's <laughs> it's, it's not like 92 percent <laughs> i'm just kidding it's 95 percent no the uh they there's such a high c-section rate that uh that Things That's, don't get yeah, it's torn kinda, as it's, much. And I, that may be by design, but I think the OBGYNs just like to do, they like to be super, super duper conservative. So like C-sections happen way more than natural, natural 
vaginal births in sort of the population I see anyway. Right. And it's just, you know, it's the population we have. It's it's doctors who want better control of their schedule. It's patients who want control yeah, of do. their schedule. Like, I don't have time to go, am I having a baby right now or am I not? Like, September 12th, I'm going in, I'm having this baby, <laughs> I can work up to September 11th, you know, like there's a control factor to it. But the C-sections themselves can also cause some problems. Yes. So that scar doesn't always heal well. You may have a little flap of skin that hangs over it. And so that's why patients will come in asking for a C-scar revision, but some C-section, yeah, section scar revision. But sometimes what they really need is a mini tummy tuck or a full-blown tummy tuck. Definitely part of the mommy makeover. So how do you, so let's say your patient comes in, it says on the schedule, you know, mommy makeover. How do you approach that consultation? So the first thing I get is a thorough history. You know, how many children have you had? How long ago was the last child? We don't want to be doing surgery three months after they just gave birth and they're still breastfeeding and leaking milk no, everywhere. That's no good. Like all of that needs to be done. You need to be done having kids because you don't want to have all of the surgery and then get pregnant again and undo all the hard work. So done having children, ideally being done with breastfeeding for at least three to six months because you got to give the breast time to sort of involute, go back to the size that they're going to be, let the skin do whatever it's going to do. And then we talk about what's bothering them. And usually it's that combination of breasts and abdomen. And then we make a plan based on whatever it is that they want. Typically for the breasts, if they've had pregnancy, you know, even more than one pregnancy, if they've had any kind of breastfeeding, the breasts do this thing during pregnancy and breastfeeding where they engorge and they get really swollen and large. And then as that milk goes away and the breast size comes down, they actually lose volume. And so the oh, yeah. breast volume is now gone and the skin is stretched out. And so they may have gone from having perky, youthful looking breasts to having sort of these sad, deflated breasts that they don't recognize anymore. And they frequently want to have sad. those breasts back. They are, it's very sad Aww. for everyone. <laughs> like I just, I want them back up here, like where they were. And sometimes that can be accomplished with just a simple lift. Sometimes it's just a simple implant if they're small volume and they don't have a lot of loose skin. But frequently it requires a lift plus an implant or a lift plus fat grafting to restore the volume that they lost. Yeah, and, and it is about rejuvenation. This is not just like, you know, come in and get some breast implants in, although that can be the case. But really we're talking about rejuvenation of the breast because right. the, the process of being pregnant and having, even if you don't go to term and have children, the, the breasts go through it. They go through the changes. They do, yeah. and and so the breasts really can, they can get uh, post, you know, post-pregnancy, I should say, uh, involution of the breast tissue. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get it obviously even without breastfeeding and the, the, the breast tissue can shrink and get less robust and less perky. Yep. Yep, all of the above. I had a patient um, last year who, unfortunately, her pregnancy didn't go to term. She got to maybe, I don't know, four, five, six months. But her breast got very large. And in fact, the photos she showed me of what she wanted her breast to look like were the photos of her breast during that pregnancy term. And I see that pretty commonly. Patients were like, I really loved how my breast looked when I was breastfeeding. And they show me a photo. Can you make me look like this? Totally. That, yeah. I, that has happened many <laughs> times in my practice where they're like, this was me. Yeah. Like six months, like, 
can you do this? I was like, well, you yeah, know, we can, we can we, get we, you back we, there. We'll get you there. You know, yeah. you're going to need a little implant, going to need a little lift, maybe some scars that you didn't have to get there. But, and that's the thing is the, the scars of mastopexies of breast lifts always sort of come up as a topic of, yep. you know, it's a bone of contention with, you know, especially in Southern California. I don't know about the rest of the country, but our fellow Dave Stepien says that the peri areolar lift is like the, he calls it the California breast tattoo. <laughs> he goes, it's just, it, nobody else does that everybody else you're getting an anchor scar that's that stop talking to me about the periareolar and that is something that is really common here in southern california for some reason it's true well we're just more used to showing off our bare breasts i think in general and people don't want to have visible scars on their breasts they don't and i'm i'm you're maybe more accommodating than i am i'm kind of like yeah well if you want the breast to look pretty that's what i got to do for you and you're gonna like it so you're welcome Uh, because it's true like those scars the vertical scar plus minus the one that goes underneath the breast the horizontal scar if you have a lot of skin they're very necessary to reshape the breast and get rid of the extra skin Um, frequently for a patient that's had children that's breastfed a periareolar scar where you hide the incision just around the borders of the areola probably not going to cut it unless they were pretty small breasted to start out with but we do have a whole mastopexy uh, podcast so go back and take a listen to the the scar don't we have a we hate the periareolar scar we do uh, we do have that podcast also and then i think we both went on and did periareolar mastopexies like the next day i think we did (laughs) it's i don't know what that is but anyway back to mommy makeovers so you're going to deal with the breasts you're going to do fat grafting lifts implants whatever it takes to make them look beautiful abdomen same thing right we were going to go from the you're going to run the gamut from you need some liposuction to you need a full-on abdominoplasty and everything in between correct and it that is the gamut um typically it is a an actual abdominoplasty yes. so that's an incision you know kind of hip to hip right in the front big smile and then you tighten up those stomach muscles not uncommonly those rectus muscles your six-pack muscles have been affected by pregnancy especially if you are narrow framed and you had a large baby or maybe a twinge gestation you ever seen those pregnant women that you can't tell they're pregnant from behind then you see them from the side and they look like (laughs) torpedoes yep yeah their rectus muscles have taken a beating and frequently need to be repositioned and put back together and that's part of a traditional tummy tuck combined with however much lipo they need based on however much fat they still have left that's sort of the classic tummy tuck scenario you have mini tummy tucks there is a mini tummy tuck podcast mini tummy tuck, mini result. It's like a C-scar revision is what it is. It is. You're otherwise a fit, you know, skinny person. Your muscles haven't really been affected too much. You just have a little bit of skin that hangs over your C-section scar. You're a candidate for a mini tummy tuck. Other than that, the results are gonna be not that great. Just do the full tummy tuck. Or you have the person that I had today for a consult who really didn't want to do the scar, didn't really want a big surgery, didn't want to have the full tummy tuck. And so we're just going to do 360 lipo. We're going to lipo her back, her flanks, her abdomen, and then do some Renuvion, some skin tightening of the skin to get it to contract and tighten up. All right. I want to see your reaction to some of these operations. Okay. Because I already know what they're going to be. Okay. Floating umbilicus abdominoplasty. Yes or no? If you can find me the one patient that would benefit from it, then yes. I can find you the one. The I one? have one. Yeah, oh, okay. I do have one. You have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have two. I have two. Oh, okay, all right. I have two, two floaters. People. So the con- that concept is that the 
there's not enough skin in the upper abdomen because what if what people don't understand with an abdominoplasty, we make a hip to hip incision, we take all the skin off of the abdominal wall muscle. So the skin flap is all the way up to the to the, your sternum, basically to your mm-hmm. xiphoid process and over the ribs on each side. So that's one big flap that you can imagine as a window shade. We pull it down, cut off the excess, sew it up and bring the belly button through new skin in the abdomen. Well, sometimes you don't have enough skin above the belly button to make it all the way down and you're gonna have a scar that's like halfway between your belly button and the and the incision in the low abdomen. Or you could float the umbilicus. You don't make that scar around the belly button. You lift it off the abdominal wall, bring it down, suture it back in place. But there are limits to that because if you make it too low, then you have a belly button like at your at your pubic triangle. Yeah, right above your incision. It's not cute. No. So this <laughs> is for someone is... that has very little skin above the belly button and has like a normal to high riding belly button to start out with. Yes. So you, you can pull it down by a couple centimeters and it doesn't look too wonky and you can relax the skin of the upper abdomen um but like i said it's not too many people no, that fit not. into that category okay okay i have one for you all if, right if we're playing this game <laughs> reverse tummy tuck <laughs> i think of the right patient no I, I really hate that operation it's terrible so reverse tummy tuck i've seen one good one though See, i did not do always it. one i've seen one, one good one, out one there but the scar it looks like, you know, like when we did trauma, like for the gunshot. Oh, the clamshell? It, it looks like a clamshell. Yeah. So what we used to do in trauma, in you know, people talk about ER thoracotomies where you're in the emergency department, guy comes in, shot up, and you got to get in and do cardiac massage to keep them alive. You cut through their chest wall and reach in and start massaging the heart. That's not a plastic surgery operation. Dude, in this some is a, cases. You're talking about mommy makeovers here. I, I, no, hang on. <laughs> Just bear with me. So this patient had this done and the only thing that I could think of when I saw it was that she had been clamshelled for trauma because the clamshells, when you cut across the sternum and open the other side and you open the chest up like a clamshell and then you have access to both lungs, all the great vessels and the heart. Well, she had a reverse tummy tuck, which looked really good from the, like, don't look at the scar kind of thing. So a reverse tummy tuck is where you put the incisions in the fold of the breasts. Right. So instead of putting it underneath, like from hip bone to hip bone, you put it at the top of the abdomen, right under the breast in the fold, and, pull and you up. pull up. Up. Up, yeah. So I've seen bad ones in in spades many many bad ones and what happens is the scar stretches yeah it drifts lower it looks like hell and i don't recommend getting a reverse tummy by the way it doesn't fix the lower part of the tummy which is where a lot of people have extra skin because you can't put an incision at the bottom and the top i did see one patient recently where i kind of was like might be the one like for whatever reason her lower tummy was super tight she never had shot seven she never had kids that's who really needs that operation (laughs) she never had kids her lower tummy was really tight but she was getting older with time and age she had some loose skin just above her belly button and she was asking about the reverse tummy tuck and i basically shot it down but i was like you might be maybe the one but i just again yeah those scars i can't deal with it i'd rather float the belly button or do a mini or something like you that. know and the other thing you can do is you can just put a scar halfway between the belly button and the and the incision i've done it's that fine. plenty of times and it's fine yeah and the patients don't complain it's not a big deal it's in the lower abdomen it's still usually hidden yeah. within a bikini it it's a well. small little two three centimeter vertical scar where your old belly button incision was and it's it's really not a big deal because the exchange for that scar is a super flat, super tight, 
abdomen, which is worth, good, good my trade. opinion, having cool. a little two, three centimeter vertical scar in addition to your tummy tuck. Scar. I want to just take a moment though, mm. to like have our listeners realize that you and I have clamshelled human beings as part of our <laughs> training to do this stuff. It's really yes. hard. Like we, people forget like I where know. we came from. Like we're you know? actual like real surgeons. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when it comes to surgery, like we got game. I know. I know you clamshell. Yeah. Been there and done that. And it has a mortality rate of 99.8%. <laughs> nobody walks out of the, <laughs> nobody walks out of the hospital with a clamshell scar. I can tell you that much. Not, not anyone I saw. I will tell you about the one ER thoracotomy that I saw leave the hospital. She did survive. Her and her daughter were driving on a highway in Pennsylvania and a coal truck rolled over on them. Mm. And the daughter was okay, but the mom got clobbered, totally crushed. She was driving and she had an ER thoracotomy. And I'll never forget it because I was there. I don't know what happened. The, the trauma felt like when you do an ER thoracotomy, you think you're going to cut like in the breastfold, right? Like in the no. fourth, fifth inner space. You're in a trauma situation and you're just trying to get access to the aorta. You don't really think about where you're putting the incision. Well, he didn't. And he did he not. cut flat, like straight, straight across the, the breast. breast. Yep. <laughs> it was like, I've seen that. It was like, ooh. Like everybody went, ooh, like that. And sure enough, the one the ER thoracotomy that I saw survive had a wailing scar right across her her breast like i've that. seen that exact but same thing but she she's alive it. she made it yep you know and of course it was closed in the usual trauma manner with staples yep and uh but she know, walked out, but of, the she hospital. Walked out of the hospital you can't come you can't argue with those nope. that kind of success not rate. at all but that's not what we are doing no <laughs> today with the mommy makeovers so the mommy makeovers you know you can kind of get into the weeds about the various different procedures it's all going to be very tailored to whatever it is you need that's right and what you are looking for and how much you want to commit to any given procedure but Sort of by definition of what we're doing, which is a combination of procedures, it is not going to be a small little cutesy procedure. Nope. Just because it has a cutesy name, just because it's called a mommy makeover, does not mean that it's a small cutesy procedure. This is one of the bigger surgeries we do in plastic surgery. It is a lot of time in the operating room. It comes with very real risks and potential complications and is certainly not something to be taken lightly. Cost. We always talk about cost. It's not cheap. One million dollars. I mean, if you think, if people think, because it's one <laughs> procedure, it's a mommy makeover, but they don't always realize that you're doing sometimes two, three, four separate procedures that if you were to do four separate procedures individually would cost you a lot of money. It's not that much different when you combine them. There's a little bit of a cost savings because you're combining the first hour of OR anesthesia, but you're still getting three or four separate procedures and it's going to add up and it's not going to be cheap. No, it's usually seven. It takes me about six or seven hours to do these and I, I spend a lot of time on it. I want it to look great. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to do the breast first and then the abdomen. That's yep. typically the way I do it. And cost can be anywhere and this is in this is 2023 with inflation maybe soon it will yeah. be one million dollars <laughs> but at this point uh it's anywhere in my world and, and i'll just in quote a range for california it, it could be anywhere from twenty five thousand dollars up to a hundred thousand dollars yeah, I think that is legitimate. Um, the lowest end of the spectrum is going to be 20, 20, Beverly Hills prices. Twenty twenty five thousand dollars is the lowest. That yeah, you Beverly could, Hills. That this you is Beverly get. Hills. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, I've heard all the way. You know, forty, sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars. So it, it, you, know, you find a surgeon, find the one that's in your price range, but just know that whatever it is, it's not certainly going to be the cheap. Guy, the guy's my vintage, um, which are obviously a, a generation older than you. 
are in the seventy to, mm-hmm. to eighty thousand dollar range. Yeah, for this I would operation, say sixty, for, for sixty, yeah. seventy thousand dollars is legit. My vintage, um, more in the 20, 20 to thirty. No. Yes. You. No. I know. I should charge. I should charge a lot more than I do, but you, you know, should. I just. You're so good at this. I just I want people to be able to have the surgery. Plus, it's a mommy <laughs> doing a mommy makeover. Who better to have empathy than the mommy doing the mommy makeover? I know, I, mean, I know. Come on, what are we talking about here? I just I just want to help the people. I know you do. You're the only one that comes out of there and it actually costs you money to do the do the that surgery. That has happened before. <laughs> yes. So that's that's the cost. It's not going to be cheap, um, but the recovery is something to talk about as well. Sure. You know, that's not going to be easy. I do ask my patients. You know, how old is your youngest child? What kind of help do you have at home? Yeah. Because if you have a child that's still you know less than two years old, three years old, and you're the only one that's around to help take care of them. That's not going to work Good luck. because you, you're not going to be able to lift them up. You're not going to be able to lift them up and put them in their crib, lift them up, and put them in their car seat. They either need to be at an age where they can do that on their own or you have someone in your house that can help you do that for at least a couple of weeks, if not the full six weeks, because you are not going to be in a position to be lifting, you know, 15, 20, 30 pound children. So you got to figure out your circumstances and what kind of help you have at home. The first Week is certainly going to be the roughest you know, in terms of pain, discomfort, how you can position yourself, how you can sleep. But then each week tends to get better. And by you know six to eight weeks, you're back to the gym, you're back to your regular life, back to work maybe in three weeks-ish, something like that. Yeah, I, I agree with those numbers exactly. Uh, and, and it is patient-dependent. I mean, I have some patients just they just rally and they're they're good yeah. in two weeks. And I got other ones that want to milk it till they're <laughs> till you, for the for six months if possible so they can get taken yeah. care of the whole time but it just depends it just on depends every patient's different everyone's different how much work you do most of my patients you know there's liters of of fat being removed and lots of liposuction so they're feeling it for a minute yeah for sure yeah. it's real surgery uh but you know the the results are spectacular i have many many happy patients with their mommy makeovers i mean it just changes the shape of their abdomen it makes that it sucks it in and it narrows the mm-hmm. waist and it gets the hips out and it just yeah it gets you that hourglass figure gets you a flat abdomen it fixes those compromised muscles it rejuvenates the breast it's it's a solid win i mean these patients are usually super ecstatic and once they've had theirs done then usually their friends come in yep. droves because <laughs> gosh darn it if that bitch does not look better than me and we cannot have that <laughs> give me your surgeon's name get out of my way i'm getting it's so true like once one gets in a friend group everyone else tends to fall yeah you do you wind up doing like friend groups yeah it's true because you know they all want to look they all want to look good and so if you can wrap your mind around the scars wrap your mind around the recovery get your finances together your help situation afterwards it's a win it's a, it's a great procedure absolutely and i uh i definitely i definitely see that you are a real master of that operation oh, well, I, thank I you really love your results it's it's uh, fun to watch, and it, the best part is all the gifts your patients bring, which I don't see why I don't get those gifts. I don't understand I don't, it. Like you're not a mommy doing mommy I makeovers. <laughs> you get like all kinds of gifts. It's amazing. I know. I have really, really great patients. They are. They're. I, I may maybe because I'm too expensive and they're out of money. That may be, <laughs> that may be the problem. <laughs> I spent it on yeah. your surgery. Yeah. You know, you're you welcome. should be giving them gifts. <laughs> I do. I give them the gift of their amazing new body. That is true. But it it is more expensive. I mean, I I don't know what that is, but it's just, uh, 
I, I see that it's it's kind of, and, and all the guys my age like we you know we don't like call each other and be like hey what are you charging for this like it just like you come to it you're like this is what it takes me to do it and you yeah. realize as you get further into your practice you have more experience and you're better at it and there's you have more efficiencies and the results are better you you realize it's it's just worth more in your own it's mind worth it's, your what time. I, it's what i think it costs yeah. you know for me to do that I, I don't your know. time becomes more that valuable for sure the longer yeah, you do this i guess um i i, I love doing it and uh, you know i know we're we're both sort of you know surgical mavens we're just totally into it but uh <laughs> you know it's kind of the deal it's kind of the deal and if we're doing your mommy makeover and it's getting long don't be worried if all the patient families and friend members out there are still in surgery yes because doing it's, a great it's job. gonna take a that's while right. and you're welcome yeah, and you're welcome <laughs> well i think that's it i think we covered it for this mommy makeover 101 why don't you take us out this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 if you like what you heard on the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast and want to get in touch with either dr ravello or myself this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.